we are going to um, highlight one person in promo. So I'm, we're going to call it the promo person of the week. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 146 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always... The general of branded golf balls, golf tees, and golf towels. The one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I am doing fantastic, man. I, I've been super busy here at the office, which uh, generally busy is like a bad term. I always say if I'm bored, I'm poor. So uh, busy's good, and I'm excited about that. How about you, bud? Been great. Uh, been uh, a lot of lot of good things going on the past couple couple weeks i guess it's since past week since you and i spoke really and um just things are going fantastic and you know what else is fantastic kirby what's that bill oh i'm so glad you asked that would be our good friends at common skew that's right that's right you know one of the things um, i talk about a lot and it's kind of been my mantra and it's been interesting to see other people starting to really pick up on me beating the drum of reducing friction in the buying process. Yeah. I'm starting to hear more and more about that. And obviously, you really does and has for years taken an approach of helping modern distributors remove friction from that buying process. From the beginning of ideation all the way to invoicing, you really, as you know, Kirby, helps distributors streamline their workflow, connect their teams, impress their clients, collaborate with suppliers, and really, bottom line, grow your business. Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, I know that they are a sponsor of this fine program, but the reality of it is I'm a customer. And so I use the product and everybody on my team uses the, the Common Skew platform mm-hmm. every day. And it's funny, the things that you say they do, they 100% do. And it, it, it does make the business go much, much smoother. And what else is great, and, and we do touch on this, and, and I don't want to be the redundant man of redundancy, <laughs> but I got to, you know, they are a group of people that truly, truly care. Uh, I've never met a group who are so intensely and insanely devoted to the success of their business partners in CommonSkew. So if you want to learn more about how CommonSkew can remove the friction from your workflow, and by golly, why wouldn't you want to, go ahead and head over to CommonSkew.com. You won't be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at a pine tree level today (laughs) pine tree is the perfect level today excellent well before we do jump in i did want to say um we've heard you listeners we are now all promo corner podcasts whether it's this one or the industry insider or any other podcast available on apple podcasts google play stitcher and now on spotify which kirby and i discussed i think three or four weeks ago so all you have to do is just use their handy little search engine embedded in each one of those platforms and put in the word promo corner. But don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button. It makes us all so happy over here when you do. Absolutely. it's It's been super cool to see this uh, kind of grow and uh, in a good way. So I'm excited about it. All right, Kirby. Um, excellent. Thank you very much. Are you ready to go? I, I'm ready. Can I go ahead and start today? I've got one. I would I'm, love I'm that. chomping at the bit. Okay. Okay, I don't know if you saw this or not, but our good friends over at the Advertising Specialty Institute, otherwise known as ASI, uh, issued their Promo State and Regionals report. Did you see this? 
I saw. I, I kind of peripherally saw it. Yes, I didn't read through every single piece of it, but yes, okay. I saw it, it, a lot of just. I, I strongly urge people to go over to asicentral.com and go ahead and find that. Really read it if you if you haven't gotten it in your counselor or whatever. But it's a really great, great insight into um, the regions of of our country and how it relates to the industry. And I want to touch on a couple here, Kirby, and then ask you a question. Okay. So the fastest growing states, Utah. Washington, Nevada, Idaho, and Texas. Very interesting in terms of promo product sales, okay? Right, right, right. The slowest, Hawaii, Kansas, Connecticut, Mississippi, and we have a tie, which is a very interesting tie for me. Iowa and Illinois. I would not have thought Illinois in that group. Okay. Given okay. given the concentration of so many promotional products, distributorships, and suppliers in Illinois. So I thought that was interesting. Okay, cool. So then what they did is they broke down um, – by region, and they had a whole whole bunch of of, in, of of reasons why each region is growing in terms of promotional product sales. And then in the article, they had uh, each sub article, they had so much information. I'm just going to focus on the hot trend that okay. ASI is seeing in each region, and then I'm going to ask you at the end at the end of this what hot trends you are seeing, and I'll I'll, I'll throw in. It. So that's the context of this. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. So the South, the reason the South is growing uh, from ASI is they see just an influx of workers and tourists. I think that makes some sense there. Right. The hot trend they're seeing in the South is online stores. Okay. Mm, okay. In the West, it's affordable living and job availability. Uh, avail- 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 <laughs> availability. I can say that word. I knew um, it. I don't know about affordable living. Um, I know a lot of people who live in the San Francisco and, uh, area, buddy, that would uh, completely agree, disagree. But uh, I think there's a lot of affordable living in Montana and Idaho and, and Nevada, <laughs> yes. certainly. Um, but the hot trend they're seeing over in the West is social entrepreneurship. Mm, okay. Which I, I love that term, by the way, social entrepreneurship. In the Midwest, resurgent cities are powering growth. Um, I think okay. you've seen that. I, I, I have... Uh, always talked about my unabashed love of Pittsburgh. It's one of those cities that uh, people always kind of make fun of, but I actually happen to love Pittsburgh. I think it's a great yeah. little city. The hot trend they're seeing in the Midwest is retail brands, Kirby, retail brands. And in the okay. East, buy, they, they, where the growth is fueled by buyers willing to spend for better quality. And mm. the hot trend they're seeing is cause marketing. So I want to ask you, being an entrepreneur, being a small business owner, in a, in a smaller area, we've talked about you live in Coshocton County, in Coshocton City, about you know 30,000, I believe, in the county, 10,000 in the city. Is that about rough? Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that sounds about right. What trends are you seeing that are fueling your growth as a distributor? So this is first quick shout out to ASI and these kind of reports. I think they do a an incredible job on this sort of thing. And I think it not only spurs conversation, but I think it allows many of us to look at the industry from a little bit more of a 10,000 foot view because I think we can be pretty myopic. Um, so this is a really good piece. I, I did happen to kind of you know, look at the map that you're talking about. And again, just kudos to them. So that's, that's really well done. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think the trends I'm seeing that you mentioned is I, number one, I think that I am seeing more, um, of our clients interested in the retail brands piece. That is something that I have seen. And I think that's partially because clients are wanting it, but partially because retail brands are becoming more accessible. Um, And honestly, I think I'm talking more about it. And so I think, you know, that's probably the case with a lot of distributors. Um, 
the piece that popped out at me that you mentioned is the better quality piece. Mm-hmm. I 100% am seeing that trend. And the place I see it the most prevalent, I'm seeing it like in drinkware, I'm seeing it in cooler space, you know, um, and there's a little bit of overlap, right, between retail brands and higher quality. Um, but the place I see it the most is in t-shirts. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, like literally for years and years and years, I sold, like a ton of people did, the cheap 100% cotton t-shirt, and that's fine. That's a promotional t-shirt, I'm I'm not knocking on it, Um, but that was what I led with. Mm -hmm. And not only have I stopped leading with it, thanks to, actually, uh, one of our uh, supplier reps, Carrie uh, Caruso, really did a great job of educating our whole team on this, showing the good, better, best option, but I have clients asking now that like whereas i was leading it for the last couple years now clients are asking for higher quality as opposed to me saying no 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 (laughs) don't spend three dollars spend six dollars and get a better piece um they're coming to me and going they don't know the terminology right they don't know to call it a tri-blend or or the butter wash from t-shirt tycoon necessarily they just say hey i want a soft t-shirt that Uh is better and so i think the big trend for me is exactly that it is looking for whether it's retail brands or better quality that's not only something that people are open to the discussion of the client the end user is uh initiating that discussion yep no i i agree i think you hit some good ones there i i wrote down obviously preparing for this some of the things i'm seeing obviously a retail focus i'm I'm definitely Mm -hmm. seeing i think we're seeing that more retail feel which leads right into packaging yeah. People want that retail experience. Um, you know, we've talked about, I think, when I really look back at it, Org Audio was the one that really started that revolution in terms of integrating packaging. There are always custom packaging options um, right. in our industry, like the chest and things like that. But they really integrated that custom packaging right into the actual product itself. Yeah, and, and I if I that. may, yeah. I will tell you what I loved about what they did, what Mike and Jason did on the Org Audio piece, is they were so passionate about it yep. that, that they did a great job of selling that pa- packaging. And I, I'll never forget when he's like, yeah, I, I actually charge you extra mm-hmm. to do the, the shitty white box. Yep. No, right? like, absolutely. And, and, so, and so for the distributor, for me, like all of a sudden, the packaging became a part of my sales pitch. It, absolutely. And it's one of those, um, you know, as we talk about Stan Phelps a lot and Purple Goldfish, it's one of those little unexpected extras that really elevates yeah. the actual product. So I'm seeing that. Obviously, we, we talk about this at the top of the, the uh, broadcast with Commons Q, removing friction from the process, creating as much of an Amazon-like experience as possible for your buyers. I still, that's a huge trend. And that's just, to me, creating an Am- yeah to me creating an Amazon experience is just making it easy making it easy to order making it easy to return so on and so forth the one I'm unclear on though and I'm probably going to get a lot of crap for this and I hope not because I hope people listen to everything I'm going to say without snap judging the first thing I'm about to say I'm not sure I'm really seeing a trend in cause marketing okay um, I think it's important and I want to be very clear on that, and I believe in cause marketing. But I also think it's an area where it's really ripe for people to exploit uh, the good nature of human beings mm-hmm. and um, not do the things they say they're doing. And okay. so my biggest concern is you're going to have a lot of companies that say, oh, absolutely, we give to this and this and this, and you find out it's really like George Costanza's The Human Fund on <laughs> Seinfeld that people aren't giving – um, enough of the proceeds to specific causes. You know, I, I think as long as the cause marketing is specific, 
and it's we're going to give 18% of the profits for this. I hate phrases like we're going to give a portion of the proceeds to this. I don't know what that means, and that makes me feel icky personally. Yeah. So I think the more specific you are, I think you'll you'll see it. But I wonder about the longevity of it. I think it's hot right now. Don't get me wrong. So I guess technically it is a trend, but I wonder about the longevity. But I think it's dependent upon the honesty and transparency of the organizations. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, a couple things. Number one, I actually like. I think the term cause marketing or social entrepreneurship, actually I think similar kind of ideas behind yeah. those, I actually don't think they're new. No. I don't think they're new. I think they're trending because we've figured out a way to – call it something Correct. and and so i actually think that's one of the things promotional products has always been good at um and you know been because promo changes human behavior yep and so you know you think back i mean whenever you go back 20 years a 5k what did you get you got a t-shirt you got a bag it's all promo and it's all people would sign up because they got a cool t-shirt yeah and so it because it was driving human behavior i actually don't think the cause marketing thing is new i think we've just come up with a name for it and i don't think that's a bad thing i think because you're right we're gonna have to continue to audit it just like anything Mm -hmm. else um but i think that is something i i actually do see that as a trend because i think that clients again end users drive a lot of this sure and i think end users are starting to understand that terminology better yep and then you know when they ask for it then distributors will respond that, that's kind of how i look I, at it. I do see it as a trend i just don't know if it's a long longevity play yet. yeah again well, it just and, depends on the from my perspective just depends on the transparency and authenticity of the organization and, yeah. and the reporting quite frankly are they are they sharing what they're doing the good works they're doing where does that money go yeah. Yeah. And the, the thing about it is, is like, I, and I hear you, um, but I'll push back just for the sake of this discussion. Of course. The, the, the portion of the proceeds thing, I totally understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, well, what does that mean? On the other hand, especially on early on on this cause marketing thing, the person putting on the event, the person putting on the, the, the let's say the 5K or whatever, well, you know, a portion of the proceeds might look bigger if they have a thousand people run. Right. If they have 40 people run, that portion, like they still have similar costs that they have to cover. So I, I tend to give a little bit more leeway on that to go, look, part of the, the, the donation is uh, incumbent upon people participating. Agreed. And so you're right about the authenticity and transparency, but it's also about going, look, I need to trust the organization too. And if you don't, don't participate. No, I and that I'll agree with. I guess my point is it's just since it's kind of a land grab right now right, right. for cause marketing, it, it is hot. It is a trend. So I want to be clear totally. on that. It is a trend. But because it's such a trend and because people, uh, you, their good nature want to get on, they want to get on board with something that creates a difference in their local communities or, or however they see fit. I think it's just an opportunity for people to not do what they say they're yeah. going to do. And totally. my biggest concern is that enough of that happens where cause marketing stops being a trend. Yeah. No, so there you go. All right, Kirby, you got a topic for us? I By the do. way, real quick, great job again, ASI. Great job. Yes, ag- agreed, 100%. Right. I love stuff like that, and Me I think too. ASI does that better than just about anybody. They do a great um, job. Yeah. Um, okay, so in the interest of transparency, um, you know, this is the unscripted podcast, but one of the things that we've found that is if 
I off the cuff say, hey, did you see this video? And you're like, no. Well, the topic kind of fizzles. So I sent you a link to this video uh, yesterday from Mark Cuban. And I thought it would be interesting for us to discuss because both of us um, have served on Promo Kitchen, believe in mentorship, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and Mark Cuban, there was a YouTube video I saw yesterday that where he talks, he was in an, at an Inc.com um, Inc event. Um, and he does that sometimes. I've seen him speak at those events and they essentially have people interview him and he just answers. And they asked him about mentorship mm -hmm. and he talked about the fact that he doesn't believe in mentorship and he um, has not had mentors really. He doesn't believe in that. Uh, he believes that he has to be the one that ultimately makes that happen in his life. Um, like I said, I did send you that. I assume you had a chance to watch it. I did. I did. Okay. I did. And, and so I wanted to give you a chance and I'll give you my thoughts too. But so what's your, what's your take on the video and what's your take on Mr. Cuban? So I, I've always, growing up in Dallas, I've, I've always been kind of partial to be a fan of Mark Cuban. Um, I like what he did with the Mavericks. He, he infused so much money into a, a moribund uh, NBA franchise. Not that I really care about basketball. I don't. But <laughs> he, he, he made the Mavericks relevant and he injected um, – so much money it became a first class organization even though they didn't have first class players so mm -hmm. i mean he, his thing was we're going to have the most luxurious towels we're going to have the best locker room we're gonna have, you know so i i like that the guy's passionate there's no denying his passion and and that is always a draw to me however and i love him on shark tank and things like that i i gotta say i was really bummed watching that video um mm. the arrogance was palpable <laughs> and i watched it twice and i was going to watch it a third time and i got about halfway through it and i'm like oh screw this i don't want to watch this anymore because it became an exercise and i know exactly what i'm doing i don't need anybody's advice and if i remember correctly and please correct me if i'm wrong kirby he said really the closest he comes to having a mentor is a, a, a friend he has who, in a meeting, will remind him to write on a notepad the word listen repeatedly so that he doesn't jump up and say something. Now, I, that's a fine tactic and all, but what you know, the bottom line, what he said was, at least with my takeaway, and again, I really want to hear yours on this. You had a little more time to prepare. I, I, he, my takeaway was, he, th he, he says, at the end of the day, it's all on me anyway. So I don't want other people's opinions. I don't need other people's opinions. I'm going to be the one on the hook for this, whether it succeeds or fails anyway. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to do what I believe. Now, he does say, um, you know, he hires people that are different than him. So he is a pusher. He's a dreamer. And he, he hires people that are practical. And as he put it, anal retentive and kind of rein him in a little bit to balance him out. <laughs> yeah, he managed to insult them too. He yeah, did. <laughs> but but I, I, the overriding thing was just unabashed arrogance. And it made all the sense in the world when he said one of the people he looked up to was Steve Jobs. And, and I, I just... Uh, yeah, one of the, when he said one of the people he looked up to was Steve Jobs, and it was just like, eh, okay. I mean, we all know Steve Jobs was a great marketer, but he was also kind of a crappy human being. And and I <laughs> and I felt like Cuban was approaching that with the way he just completely decided he is all knowing. So that that was my takeaway. Yeah, I I liked your uh, take on the level of arrogance. Um, so it, it, for me, it was a little bit of clickbait, right? Mm -hmm. Because of our involvement in Promo Kitchen. 
and I'll be honest with you, I've been conflicted on this topic in the past. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of taken to even just the idea of it because though I've had mentors in my life, I, I have not been on the receiving end of a formal mentorship kind of right. uh, relationship. But I've seen so many people who have and have gotten a ton out of it. Yeah. Um, and for me, the, what's interesting to me about Cuban is there's a ton, and you mentioned it, that he gets right in mm -hmm. his business life. Mm -hmm. um, but the level of... Man, the only word I keep coming back to is douchebaggery yeah. um, that came out of that video yeah. <laughs> was was legendary. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, I've heard him say some things that were really insightful and really powerful. And obviously he is a great um, entrepreneur. But the idea and, and I guess that's the part that I think of is, is knowing your audience mm -hmm. is you sitting up there and uh, talking about the fact that, hey, I don't need a mentor well, you do get that you're sitting on stage in front of probably a thousand or more people who kind of do. Yeah. And so if what you are doing is being, you know, a celebrity from Shark Tank, I mean, I guess it's fine. But if you're actually trying to provide some value to the audience at hand, they're looking at you as a mentor yeah. and you're insulting them. You're insulting your people. You're like, I just thought the level of arrogance, that was what you said. That was exactly right. I was quite frankly kind of offended by it and yeah. it made me less of a fan yeah like i said it disappointed me and for a guy who has you know and, and this is not a political comment but for a guy who has been very public about his dislike of donald trump yeah. um boy that was a very trump-like performance in terms of 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 i don't i don't want no matter what i say i'm gonna get barbecued so arrogant <laughs> though because because you know it was very arrogant of just the way he came out and, and like you said I, I have never had you know you and I are part of the promo kitchen uh, mentors I know we both mentor I think you're mentoring someone right now are you not are you I, I not through the okay. promo kitchen thing yeah I am I continually do it I probably do three to four mentor I have three to four mentees every year um, I've never had a formal mentor but I have had mentors right yes and right. and I think the formal mentoring process is a good one Right. I think it's necessary. But I will say I am less of a Bill Petrie if I haven't had specific people in my life help me along the way and give me guidance. Yes, there is value to making mistakes on your own. There's tremendous value to making mistakes and learning from them. There's equal value in having someone help you avoid those mistakes in the first place, yeah. and especially yeah. when it's a trusted advisor. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I For a long time, one of my um, sort of – thoughts or my missions if it's to be it's up to me yep. and i think that's sort of what cuban was trying to say yeah. in a he didn't say it particularly well but you know i think you know in those moments where i'm like i remember maybe when i was a little bit more youthful when i was saying well i didn't have mentors or whatever i did this on my own to the reality of it is and i look back now even 10 years later and i go god i was an arrogant ass in saying that because even if they weren't formal mentors there were people who stepped up and tried to help me right. even if it was like making an introduction right. like none of us get to where we are on our own and not even you mr cuban and you're an asshole for saying so yeah no i i agree and again yes at the end of the day it is on mark cuban it is a reflection sure. of him every success or failure but to close yourself off from people who you trust to give you advice or just a bouncing off of, to me, is completely myopic and short-sighted. I don't get it. And you said something that struck me when you were talking um, earlier that 
you know, he's sitting in, in on stage being interviewed mm-hmm. by two guys. There's only one guy really interviewing. The other guy was just kind of sitting there like a toad. But that's beside <laughs> the point. And there's an audience there that's desperate to learn from Mark. Yeah. So like you said, in, in that moment, even though he's on stage, um, he's kind of mentoring everybody in that group. And as I was watching him, I felt like it was an act a little bit. I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And I, so I was like, why am I feeling that? And I'm like, you know what? He's trying to be Gary Vaynerchuk. (laughs) He is trying to kind of do that. And I think Mark's always had a little bit of that in him. Don't get me wrong. The F you, it's my way or the highway, which I don't think is necessarily bad. But to assume that everybody else in the room is as smart as you think you are is really crappy. And I would have been very upset had I paid money to see that. I would have been like, whatever, dude. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. All right, Kirby. Exactly. All right. Do you have a quick one? Um. Yeah. Okay. I've got a quick one. All right. uh, so I, I am, as you know, I'm going to be speaking at Expo East for I, the first time. I do know that in fabulous Atlantic City, New Jersey. And so I have never been to Expo East, yes. and I know you have. I have. And so super quick. Yeah. If you wanted a quick topic. What can I expect? What advice do you have for me? Oh boy, is that a loaded question? <laughs> um, could be quick. I it, well, I it could be long too. So <laughs> what I will say is, I have gone to Atlantic City um, on and off for almost twenty years now for mm-hmm. what used to be Promotions East, and now it's Expo East since PPI has been involved. I probably probably not gone. I probably missed you know six or seven years between the twenty. Mm-hmm. Atlantic City never loses any of its charm, Kirby. Um, <laughs> I've never been, so and I'm actually can, pretty excited. You know, yeah. it's one of so I'll, I'll tell you what you can expect from Atlantic City. Um, it, it's a place where I'll, I'll tell you what I my experience in Atlantic City, and I, I can't tell you what to expect, but I can tell you what what my view is. Um, it's it's it, part of it's decaying, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you know, there's been so many attempts to really make it the Las Vegas of the East, and it's just not worked out. Okay. Um, if you get on the boardwalk, it it's it's for me a little sad to be honest okay. with you because I see what it could be because mm-hmm. it's a beautiful piece of land. It's 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 right on the ocean and it's the, the weather's usually really good and and so I and the boardwalk is really cool. It's miles and miles, but it's miles and miles of t-shirts, taffy shops, and fudge shops. There's <laughs> not a lot of variance there. And then in the in the thing that I don't like. Um, is the casinos allow it, it seems like everybody's smoking there I mean mm. so I feel like there's a cloud of smoke as far as the show itself I think it's a really good show um, I think it's a strong show I think PPA does a nice job running it so I think you can expect to see uh, I know you're speaking there I've done it in the mm-hmm. past I'm not doing it this year um, I think you can expect to see engaged audiences I think you can expect to see opinionated audiences you know you are Good. on the East Coast and so you might get challenged on some of the things you present which you know what that's not a bad mm. thing at all yeah, I like it. so yeah. I, I think I think you know it's it's one of those places it's seemingly not easy to get to you feel like oh I gotta fly into Philadelphia and then it's got to be an hour drive or whatever it's no different than flying into Dallas and having to get up to Frisco. Um, right. So it just feels that way. Um, so honestly, it's it's a good show. I think you'll have a great time. I don't spend much time on the boardwalk anymore because it really does depress me. I'm not much of a gambler anymore. So um, I, the food's good. I'll say that the food's cool. really good. Some really good restaurants. And I know I think yeah. you'll be joining us for dinner. 
So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking really forward to it. Um, yeah. Again, my experience on all the events that PPAI has put on has been uh, really really good, and so yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun to see you. Absolutely, no, looking forward to it. So one thing before we launch into uh, fill in the blank, so Kirby and I were talking about um, not about the po- well, we were talking about the podcast, but talking about hey, you know, something that generated a lot of conversation a couple weeks ago was when we uh, chose to kind of highlight women. Our annual podcast of, of highlighting women in the industry always gets some really great response and we thought you know we don't do enough of highlighting people in the industry yes and so starting this week and we're going to alternate weeks i'm going to start this week and then kirby will go and then we'll we'll alternate after that we are going to um, highlight one person in promo so I'm, we're going to call it the promo person of the week kirby i'm okay, i was gonna say yeah we are that's news to you um <laughs> It's dedicated to highlight the one person in the promo industry. Age doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Affiliation doesn't matter. None of that matters. But the one person in the promo industry who's really grabbing our attention, your and I's attention, and making us take notice and why. So yep. I'm going to start off with probably an obvious one. Yep. Um, and that would be the lovely and talented Charity Gibson from Peerless Umbrella. Love so it. as you know, and I think a lot of people know, she started a new podcast called The Badass Women of Promo mm-hmm. um, that puts the spotlight on women of our industry, which I think is great. And then the story behind that, I know a little bit of it. There is a Facebook group. Um, I was about to say, there's a Facebook group on Facebook, which there, again, I'm the redundant man <laughs> of redundancy. There's a Facebook group on Facebook dedicated to women in promo. And there was a conversation that was started, I believe it was by Shannon Laredo of Brand Builders down in Houston, mm-hmm. saying, hey, really love Kirby and Bill and the Skewcast and some of the other podcasts, but why aren't there women doing podcasts in the industry? Mm-hmm. And Lori Moore, who's a part of that group, reached out to me and said, hey, there's a discussion here. What, you know, what do you think? And I said, I, absolutely. And I offered help. I just said, absolutely post there um i'm happy to help give my email address whatever i'm happy to help any way that i can and and i got crickets because i was a little bummed by that to be honest with you charity ignored that and did what she does which you know charity is one of the great doers in our industry when she has an idea and it excites her she does i've seen it happen in her business life i've seen it happen in promo kitchen and now everybody's really getting to see it um really on display with the badass women of promo podcast she's already highlighted two people it's a bi-weekly podcast one the first one was kate Plummer, who who was fabulous the second one was taylor borst from american mm-hmm. solutions for business and she's going to take that platform and really highlight women every other week and i think it's a great podcast so for me the person the promo person of the week is Charity Gibson. I don't know what kind of prize she gets. <laughs> Unlimited high fives. Unlimited virtual high fives to <laughs> Charity Gibson. Yeah, and if I may just Please. jump on there a little bit. I, you know, it's so in- interesting to me how many people tell you someone should do something, Yep. right? It, someone should do something about this, right? And uh, Marshall Atkinson actually told me one time, he gave me the st- statistic, it was 99-1. Mm-hmm. So 90% of people yep. on social media just consume social media. Yep. 9% will actually engage a little bit mm-hmm. and 1% create. Yep. And so, you know, that 1% 
is a, you know, I always admire anybody who is willing to put themselves out there because it takes, you and I've talked about it, it takes a level of courage because it might not work. Right. And um, so, yes, I 100% agree with this one. Charity, you know, Charity's a friend and and, uh, industry rock star anyway, but the idea that she has been willing to go, you know what, someone needs to do it and that someone can be me, kudos. Yeah, absolutely. And and so really, like you said, kudos to her. And I look forward to your promo person of the week next week. So kudos to Charity Gibson. You know who else I'd like to give kudos to, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be the good people. Vault Promotions, Josh Robbins and his crew at Vault. You know, while Vault's only seven years old, I think you know this, Kirby, the entire staff came from a previous supplier making the same exact product line for years. Josh has been doing it for 13 years, his production manager for over 25, their engraver for over 18, both their pre-press and their department head, both 17, their fabrication manager for 15 years, and I could go on and on and on, but that would be silly. So (laughs) the point is, they are not new kids on the block, either the band or a supplier. (laughs) <laughs> right? They've been around forever. And they will take you step by step. There's a little and new And they're kid. hanging tough. They, yeah. yeah, they're going to take you step by step <laughs> through the process. They're hanging tough. And they are all over badges. Plastic, aluminum, brass, wood, leather, full color, screen printed, engraved, UV, inkjet, dome, die cut, sublimated. Gosh darn it, Kirby, I could go on and on. But we don't have all day. So they want to show you how to sell badges profitably with the badge vault. So go over to head over to your favorite website, Kirby, badgesmakemecrazy.com, and learn more about their badge release program. Get free self-promo badges. Sign up for EQP coupon or even get a personalized demo site to show your clients. Really great stuff. Yeah, so good. And and I'll tell you, since they've started sponsoring this program, we've started using them more and more, and we have not been let down. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's been great. He's great. So, all right, Kirby, you got a theme for fill in the blank this week? I do. All right. Headwear for Mr. Petrie. Headgear. For a man who has 17 hairs left on the top of his head, this is a very important topic. So, Kirby, I'm actually going to pay attention this week. All right. Awesome. So the number of hats you have in your closet or home or wherever you keep them, the number of hats you have is? I'm going to approximate it at about 45. Um, <laughs> I like hats. I collect hats, not because I want to put them on display. Um, I'm. This may shock everybody, so I hope they're sitting down a little bit, but I'm kind of a dork. And I like my <laughs> headwear to, to somewhat match or at least complement what I'm wearing. Like and your so, shoes? Like my shoes. Yep. So if I'm wearing a blue shirt, Generally, I'll be wearing a blue hat. So um, about 45 plus, um, my good friend and and the owner of Promo Corner, Joel Moore, and I have hat bets all the time on things. And so I have lost a number of hat bets, but I've won my fair share as well. So I'd say about 45 to 50, Kirby. I love it. All right, Kirby, as we're recording this, the greatest golf tournament in the world, the Masters, is kicking off. Jim Nance is already thinking about what cheesy line he's going to say when somebody (laughs) wins the Masters. I'm sure he's drinking uh, a glass of the calling right now, as he says, a tradition unlike any other. So my theme this week is the Masters, Kirby. Love it. Because I am fortunate enough to go to the Masters this week. So amazing. Yes, my good friend Ben Taylor and, and I, we are heading down to Augusta, Georgia to head to the Masters and be a patron. You're not a fan. You're a patron. And very excited about that. Yeah, I'm super jealous. Hey, I hope you have a great time. I plan on it. All right, Kirby. The P- As you know, you can only get merchandise at Augusta National. You can only get Masters merchandise on the golf course during Masters week. Mm-hmm. The piece of merchandise you would most likely pay retail from the Masters is blank. 
Yeah, it's funny. The the um, thing that pops into my head is actually a hat. Great. I would probably go b- like like ball cap kind of mm-hmm. style headwear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of those things that um, I do that when I'm going to some place that I really want to remember. Yep. Now, if it's like a, a concert or something like that, maybe it's a T-shirt. But I find that I would I, I can imagine that green hat with the Masters logo. That's probably what I would go with from a merch perspective. Awesome. At the Masters. Love it. So, So your favorite kind of headwear item to wear is? You know, just right now it's a soft trucker hat. I I like a trucker hat, but that weave at the back, that that waffle crap at Mm -hmm. the back of the hat. Uh, <laughs> needs to be soft. If if it's as if it's as stiff as my personality is when I wake up on a Sunday morning, I'm not interested. I want it nice and soft. I want it nice and comfortable. Um, and uh, yeah, and I like it distressed a little bit, a little torn up. Um, even though yeah. I know it's purposely distressed, I like the look. Cool. I like that. That's good. All right, Kirby. Blank is the amount of time this weekend you will spend watching the Masters. <sighs> Maybe thirty minutes. Uh, I'm. I, I love the the pageantry of the Masters, but I am a casual golf fan at best. Yeah. And here's the real answer: is it depends on how Tiger does. Okay. Like if Tiger Woods is in contention on Sunday, I'm probably in. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm like a lot of sports fans like that. And it's hey, if Jordan Spieth or Rory McIlroy mm-hmm. and all, all those guys do well, that's great. But Tiger. Tiger still drives it for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so if he's in wearing the red shirt on Sunday, I'll probably get with friends and watch it. Otherwise, I will peripherally pay attention. Got it. Cool. Okay. So I had a feeling you'd say the ball cap, that sort of, Mm -hmm. whether it was a trucker cap or something. So outside of a ball cap or a beanie, Mm -hmm. the type of hat you're most likely to wear to dinner is? To dinner? (laughs) What the hell kind of question is that? Um, if I'm wearing a hat to dinner, I'm, I'm going somewhere casual. And so if it's not a ball cap or any variation of a ball cap or a beanie because it's chilly outside, Kirby, this goes contradictory to everything I believe, but I'm going to wear a visor. Um, okay. I, I generally – I do wear a visor on occasion, um, but yep. since I don't have the natural sunscreen anymore on the top of my melon, I have to spray – sunscreen on top of my head which is very bizarre um but uh, i'd have to say the visor and that may be the most bizarre question in the history of fill in the blank ever (laughs) i love it i was trying to picture you wearing a cowboy hat to dinner (laughs) well i was gonna say a stovepipe cap a hat but uh, no all right kirby when you attend the masters you know you cannot take your cell phone on the course at augusta Mm. national so if you were going to the masters uh on friday when you mm-hmm. return after watching the, all the great golf tomorrow, you would have blank emails and blank text messages waiting for you. Ooh, wow. Uh, yeah. I would say, is it just one day or multiple days? One, uh, one day. Because you're going to be able to okay. check it at night. Yeah. So I would say I'd probably have at least 150 emails mm-hmm. and probably – Depends on if I get on, uh, put on one of those group texts that yeah. I loathe. Uh-huh. But assuming I don't get one of those, I would say 20 texts. Okay. Uh, if I get one of those, it could be a million. Got it. Um, <laughs> um, okay. The season, and you mentioned your mm-hmm. uh, 17 hairs on your head. Yes. So I think this 
makes sense. The season that you find yourself wearing a hat most often is. Year freaking round, my friend. <laughs> I am a hat guy on the weekend. I like hats. Um, I'm lazy when it comes to uh, doing my, my what's left of my hair on the weekends. So uh, all year round, I don't have it. There are no seasons of hats, Kirby. There's okay. only seasons, I, I thought, there's only seasons maybe, of change. Okay. I thought maybe it was like, oh, it's cold in the winter or the sun is in the summer. That's what well, I was no, thinking. Well, no, I will. Now, I will say this. A little fun bill fact. When it is chilly and we do get all four seasons here in Nashville and it's cold in the winter, when I get home from work, I am known to put on a beanie and wear it around the house all day like I'm, you know, some sort of 27-year-old hipster. So <laughs> there's that. Cool. All right, Kirby. The winner of the Masters this year will be blank. Rory McIlroy. All right. Um, actually, I, I'm rooting for Tiger, um, but I think the cha- you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're getting to the end of that clock. But, you know, I think he still has the game. It's just a matter of whether he can make putts. Um, so, but I think Rory's got the full game. He's in the prime of his career. I go Rory. All right, Kirby. Now let's do some rapid fire. Are you ready? I am so ready. we are, the theme this week is golf courses. So we're just going to okay. talk about golf courses. Again, there is no wrong answer, Kirby. I'm just going <laughs> to simply give you two choices, two choices only. Just pick one. Again, whatever your gut tells you, you don't even need to explain it. Again, I cannot stress this enough. There are no wrong answers. Uh-huh. Are you ready? Sure. Augusta National or Pebble Beach? Pebble Beach. Beth Page Black in New York or the old course in St. Andrews? The old course. Congressional in Washington, D.C. or Winged Foot in Mamaroneck, New York? Congressional. Harbor Town in Hilton Head, South Carolina or Pinehurst Number 2? Pinehurst Number 2. Royal Troon in uh, Troon, United Kingdom or Royal Burkdale in Southport, United Kingdom? Burkdale. Baltusrol in Springfield, New Jersey, or Crooked Stick in Carmel, Indiana, and both holes are both uh, have holes that are designed in a very catawampus style. Kirby, need to know okay. that for this one. I'll go Crooked Stick. Crooked Stick. One. All right. Dismal River in Nebraska or Due Process Stable in New Jersey? <laughs> I like Dismal River. On yeah. This so one. we're getting to the weird ones that I found. Okay. Dead Horse Lake in Knoxville, Tennessee, or Useless Bay in Whitby Island, Washington. <laughs> Dead Horse Lake sounds awesome. Devil's Knob in Roseland, Virginia, or Three Little Bakers in Wilmington, Delaware. Devil's Knob. Spooky Brook in Somerset County, New Jersey, or Walking Stick in Pueblo, Pueblo Colorado. Uh, walking stick for sure brickyard crossing in indianapolis indiana you know that's a golf course contained entirely inside indianapolis uh, motor speedway or prison view golf club in angola louisiana which is a nine hole course requiring a background check because it's right hard against a federal penitentiary (laughs) oh i go prison view that's awesome okay possum trot in myrtle b south carolina (laughs) or kissing Campbells in colorado springs colorado Possum trot sounds like something after you ate something bad down in the south. I'm going with that. Oh, Kirby, you did a great job. But we've got a bonus round. All right. So these are, um, I just want you to pick the golf club here. Very easy. Driver or three wood? Driver. Lob wedge or sand wedge? Sand wedge. Three iron or four iron? Four iron. Nine iron or pitching wedge? Pitching wedge. Five iron or six iron? Five iron. Seven iron or eight iron? Seven iron for sure. Kirby, that's wrong. If you take the <laughs> if you take the seven, it's yeah, it's Kirby. If you take the seven, it's never going to carry the pond with that club. You really needed to go with the six. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> you again, gave me seven or eight. I, I, again, I can't understand why you get this wrong all the time. It, it's really not that hard. It's boggling my mind. My friend, it's baffling. But you know what doesn't baffle me, Kirby? 
What's that? That'd be the good strongs over at CommonSQ. They do everything they can to help every distributor remove friction from their sales process, and they do one hell of a job uh, at it. They have a great team over there. They are really going to help every distributor streamline the workflow, connect their teams, impress their clients, collaborate with suppliers, and grow their business. They do a tremendous job, great people over there. So if you're interested in learning more about how CommonSQ can remove the friction from your workflow, head over to commonsq.com. Kirby, as always, thanks so much for doing this podcast with me. It's always a good time. It's always a good time, and, you know, I love the devil's knob. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's really uncomfortable. Now we're going to sign off. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.